Today's episode is brought to you by me. Earlier this year, I wrote a best-selling book entitled Be Left Behind, Discover Bitcoin and Cryptocurrency Before Your Grandmother Beats You To It. If you've ever been curious about Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, blockchain, and what's what the technology is about and where the potential for the market could go, this is the perfect book for you. It is also written in a way where anybody can understand. My mother loves this book and she is not technically savvy. In fact, the day after I gave her a copy of this book, she was explaining blockchain to my father on a trip to Chicago and it was hilarious. The book is available anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, or you can go into your local bookstore and request a copy. If you would like a personally autographed signed copy, go to yuricataldo.com and it's very easy to select one and reach out to me and I will be happy to sign and send you a copy of the book. This episode is also brought to you by meetfox.com. Meetfox is a women-run organization that allows you to monetize your time with online meetings. If you're a coach, if you're a consultant, if you're an expert that charges anybody to work with you, if you want to try something new in 2021 and start making money from your expertise, MeetFox is the perfect place for you to do that. It allows you to use their very simple in interface to schedule meetings with a single click. It allows you to set up your online meetings and charge for them with instant payments or automatic invoicing. It is a very simple, easy to use system. If you go to meetfox.com and use the promo code YURI at checkout, that's Y-U-R-I, you will get two months for free to test it out. I personally use MeetFox for all of my meetings, and right now I am a mentor that works with Mass Challenge, Techstars, MIT, and Yale with a lot of their startups, and this is my preferred platform. Right now, if you're stuck, if your company needs help with PR, marketing, media relations, or business strategy, or if you're just trying to think through how to transition to a new career, Go to advanceyourart.com or yuricataldo.com, find my Meet Fox link, and book a time with me. I would love to chat with you and help you through whatever problems you have. Welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or transition to a new career, you've come to the right place. If you like this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with Aaliyah Lanis, founder and president of Unsugarcoated Media and award-winning novelist. Aaliyah, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm What's doing up, well. East Coast? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So how, how are things in your neck of the woods? 
I'm in Los Angeles and they are, you know, chaotic for everybody. It's such an interesting time to be living. It's an interesting time to be in our fields as creatives and, and, and artists and, and all of that and in business. But, but overall, I have to say we're doing pretty good right now, you know, yeah. so, you know, looking for normalcy where we can. I personally, that's my approach on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's, it's a very positive approach. That's good. So for, uh, for my listeners who are less familiar with, with what you're doing and who you are, how do you describe yourself and what you're doing? So I would say, well, right now I'm a, a, and I love that one time somebody gave me permission several years ago to reinvent myself every few years, of which I have. <laughs> like I have this business background and I've worked in music and I've worked in owning, uh, I, used, I was one of the lead uh, owners with Metro PCS and built a multi-million dollar generating company. And I'd done all these business things and then but the artist in me was always coming in. So now I'm a creative social entrepreneur. And mm -hmm. what that means is, you know, yes, I'm writing books and I'm going out there and I'm creating content, but I've also taken all my years of business experience and decided that, Hey, I want to do something positive for society with this. And so I founded Unsugarcoated Media, a nonprofit media company, which stands out because whether it's films, books, you know, shorter content, everything that we do is social media or excuse me, socially conscious media that we want to create as a nonprofit for society. Yeah, great. So let's so let's dig into that a little bit. What initially made you want to start a socially conscious media company? That's that's the first I've I've heard of this. So I'm really curious on on why why everything you've done up until this moment you decided this is what I want to do right now. It started a, a few years ago. Uh, not necessarily, I started out of seeing so much negativity, Yuri. It started, mm -hmm. you know, and as an artist, as an author, uh, I wrote, I've written two novels since 2018. The second one, Yogin has won three awards for its very hard hitting message. Um, these are stories embedded with socially uh, relatable messages like racism, you know, uh, stereotyping, just uh, toxic relationships, things that we really need to talk about as a society to be better, but in a very productive way, right? So anyways, mm -hmm. I started out saying, I'm going to write books with the messages, but that wasn't enough. That just wasn't enough. So I, I really moved into a stage of creating an organization that does more for society and the community, because I am so I am one of those people who am very stressed out by the negativity that I see. And, and, it, and I mean that, like it hurts my heart. Yeah. And so it makes me, it prompts me to just want to do more. And we have so many people that are upset with media today. They don't trust it. We don't trust it. So I'm like, okay, if people do understand that I am a nonprofit, that I'm not here to push a certain idea and agenda, but I really do want to talk about these issues that we're facing as a society together. You know, it's not about politics, it's humanity. It's not about trying to paint somebody negatively. It's just about humanity. Mm -hmm. And I was really hoping that people would, once they start to learn of that, that they would get behind it and support it. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So how is it? So you said you started a few years ago. How, yeah. how have things progressed now that you have been running this company for a few years? Well, actually, it's only it's been two years. We launched it. I okay. launched my first book in 2018. We started Unsugarcoated Media in 2019, but it's been fantastic. We had our first, I mean, we, we were tripped up a little bit by, you know, COVID. <laughs> 2020 has been a rough year for any business, you know, right. but we launched last year with an event called EmpowerCon at the LA Convention Center. Uh, and I, we really definitely kind of broadly 
speak to survivors of trauma. Like mm -hmm. in 2019, this was my message, right? And I have to say this because, so I'm a cancer survivor and I, and I relate to the cancer community. I've been through domestic violence. I've been through certain things personally that put me in another category, right? And I kind of stepped back and realized all these traumatic events in my life have created the person I am today. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so many of us are today, like we're, you know, we all, so many of us go through more traumas than we really realize. And a lot of the time, our behaviors and actions are a result of those traumas. So yeah, I'm going to crazily enough in 2019, people are like, who's your target demographic? I'm like survivors of trauma. And in my audience, I had women who had been sex trafficked as well as Emmy nominated producers in my audience who were there to receive this uniquely curated empowerment day that I had structured. So this year we've got actually a Larry Namer, the co-founder of E Entertainment has agreed to sign on and be one of our speakers and support. So to answer your question is I've gone from this little tiny organization to now gaining the support of incredible individuals uh, since then. So it's been pretty wonderful in that sense. And I'm just looking forward to restructuring because of COVID right now on how we're going to move forward with the next event, but yeah. we continue to grow and that's good. We continue to see an impact and that's positive. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. So I, I do want to get into the the elements of your company. But before I do, I'm, I'm curious on your own journey, because you are a survivor of a few different traumas, uh, domestic abuse and cancer. How have you dealt with them in your own life? And what types of, of, let's say, resources have you utilized to help you move on from from each of those traumas? I think we're, you know, it's been a few of them and it's been in stages. Like I'm sure you can understand. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm 45 years old. Proudly, most women are like, don't ask me my age. And I'm like, I'm 45. I'm a grandmother. I'm a mother of four. I can talk. I deserve a seat at the table because I've been through some things and I can really have that, that talk. Right. Mm -hmm. And life has taught me it's an evolution of, you know, like I said, that permission of reinventing yourself. So reading books at certain points changed my life. You know, at 18, 19 years old, when I was struggling, it was Maya Angelou. I knew why the caged bird, I know why the caged bird had sing that, you know, gave me hope. And then it was, you know, uh, Tony Robbins later on down the road in my life. But, um, and then, then it really did come to a point where resources for me, like with the cancer community, you reach out to people in those groups and you find a lot of inspiration, you find a lot of healing and you find connection. Mm -hmm. And those have been the resources that have saved my life at times. Like the first year I battled cancer, I didn't even tell anybody. I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't know how to reach out. I didn't know how to accept help. And when I learned to accept help, that made a huge deal. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Well, good. Okay. So in your company, then let's start with, let's start with your book. Um, so tough love, what initially made you want to write this book? This is actually a biographical fiction novel. So my own life and everyone had always like when people hear parts of my life, similar to Maya Angelou, there's so much. I'm like, if I sat down and wrote my life from beginning to end, and I think so many people feel this, yeah. people would be like, what, how I can't even follow this. There's too many things. So, um, but it came to me as an artist and a creative, finally, how, like, I think so many of us as artists and, and even entrepreneurs, it's like, I have this idea, but how, yeah. how is it going to be best laid out? And somebody, you know, it just kind of hit me that again, starting to learn how to hone that creative energy and saying, this is the topic I'm going to focus on. So I wrote about that part of my life because 
uh, fictionally, just to give it a little bit more, you know, I could be more creative with it because I do fancy myself a creative, sir. And <laughs> I, yet, yet I could put, put what really needed to be in there, which was the message that it's okay to walk away from a toxic situation. And when you have, um, not that I'm a proponent of divorce at all, actually, I'm like the old school, but I also give permission that sometimes people get into situations not knowing how the outcome is going to be. And they say something about divorce, Yori, they say the person you divorce is not the person you married. Hmm. And I very much learned that, that things change. And when it gets to that point where it's no longer healthy, you have to do what's best as much as it hurts. And that's the thing that I acknowledge. So anyways, to, to, to say that I got to the point where I realized that this book is going to address the, that issue and it's going to have enough of me in it to where it's my story. Mm -hmm. And then I moved on to the next one. And I did a naughty thing when it comes to writing, by the way, I don't stick necessarily to my own. Like I don't have a genre. I'm not a, I am a storyteller and just, you know, if, if I happen to see something that creates a storyline in my head, I'm running, you know, if I'm grabbing a napkin and saying, this is my idea, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you, you mentioned a little bit. So let's talk about your second book then. So where did the, where did the idea for that one come from? Uh, Jugend has two different timelines and the, I spent a lot of time on Facebook and I am a person with a multicultural background. Mm -hmm. I have, and I happen to be Muslim American. I, I, I converted to Islam in my twenties and and I'm not, I'm not going to stand here and tell you I'm some perfect practicing Muslim. I'm not. In fact, I felt that that was more reason for me to write this as a representation mm -hmm. because there is this perceptions and see everything that I want to do is really about giving people different perception, a different perspective to look at because in, in, especially when it comes to the, what we have a lot of negativity, it's all about humanizing people. We, we need to humanize people more. And so when I was on Facebook, Yuri, and I would just see my friends, people I knew and cared about, that they would say things like, all Muslims need to die, you know, and I would kind of try to engage in certain conversations, always from a positive perspective, never, I'm not one of those people that goes and tells, you know, I, I respect everyone uh, and, is, and it just came to the point where I said, you know, I'm not going to spend my time time trying to jump up and down virtually and tell people there's another side to this story that you don't understand there's another side to this that you you aren't giving chance to and i decided i would tell it in a story so the cool thing is i had the first idea which is of um clark clark is a 14 year old boy in atlanta he has by through several difficulties ended up in a home where he is a foster kid and he's there to prove that the family he's with who are muslim are terrorists so I had this kind of storyline and then I was watching History Channel one day as I love to do anybody who knows me my favorite people are like your favorite channel is what I'm like the History Channel <laughs> or <laughs> Discovery Channel or Science Channel mm -hmm. and um, which really comes up with my husband when sports time I gotta tell you <laughs> when sports gets into gears like we're fighting anyway and the, I saw the story which is based in truth that in 1937 um, just prior they, they there was a group of 14 year old boys sent to London to spy on behalf of the Nazis. And so I took one of those boys and I put him on a special mission in a Jewish family's home. Hmm. And my desire for this book, honestly, just as a creative, and it's not so much about the book, I'm saying that the, the desire to release bridge communities mm -hmm. to, and even shatter stereotypes is the socially conscious med message in that content. Wonderful, okay. Um, so let's also then, so again, there's so much that you do. It's absolutely amazing. So let's, I know you mentioned a little bit about em, EmpowerCon, but 
let's what when did that idea come come to you and and what was that process like of actually setting up this large event in 2019 well i think okay i think that everybody would recognize and realize especially uh well no maybe not okay so as a cancer survivor and when you ask some of the resources that you know like i said reaching out to the cancer community to go a step further was i didn't just connect with them on facebook i actually attended seminars and conferences specifically for cancer patients which gave us education it gave us talks about things that you didn't normally talk about you know like for example sex and cancer. A lot of people, you know, oh, what do you know? There's talks around that that maybe other people are uncomfortable with, but our community needed it. And so, you know, I was sitting there and and knowing how these experiences. Then also, when I was there, I would develop this camaraderie with these fellow cancer fighters. Even if it was a different cancer, it didn't matter. Even if it was a male, like because this wasn't exclusive to like just the breast cancer community. This is everybody. Yeah my favorite ones, at least I would say, there are some that I attended that were like that, but the ones that I loved and really saw so much beauty in were just everybody. And how these friendships that I, they, they to this day still exist with the ones that are still here. So I wanted to create that same thing because it's not just about us coming on stage and telling people, this is how you live your life. It's also about how the, 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 the groups together, we form these relationships, connection and healing together. And then we mm -hmm. take it back and then everyone's excited about the next year. And that's how you really build a culture. So seeing and having that experience and knowledge of the cancer community, I'm like, well, hey, I'm gonna do the same thing for survivors of trauma, which ironically enough, in 2019, people were like, huh? But now <laughs> we are all like, like everything that people are experiencing with trauma, you gotta believe yeah. that us in the cancer community, we're like, welcome to our world. Not being able to travel, not being able to go around certain people, having to consider how easily we get sick and how it can affect our treatment and everything. Like, this is old news for us. And anybody who dealt with a serious health condition, by the way, I do not just, you know, limit to that to the cancer community but when your health is compromised you know you you know you know that life and even if you're not about that life you got that life yeah. and <laughs> right so it just it was an so i sat down one day and i'm like you know what i can do something like this for survivors of trauma and we have like spoken word we had a, an empowerment comedy comedian it was it's not like just it's like ted talks meets something more experience wise and it acts you know it's all but it's all in one day and that idea came just really wanting to to take it into the community and build a culture that's wonderful so um so that was 2019 so did you have uh or were you trying to set up in 2020 and then it was kind of thrown off by covid or or what's the yeah. what's the evolution of this and, and when is the next event going to happen so well we you know, we do different things so we're still we were supposed to have it October 11th, 2020. And then a lot of suggestions and a lot of everything. Yeah. I mean, last year was in August and then we moved it, pushed it back because August we found wasn't really the best time to do it, <laughs> but we still had a great turnout and we said, well, to make it, you know, it was just suggested. So we had yeah. moved it. And then I said, we just didn't have it set up in time. And I think that part of it is because I want it to be right. I don't want it to be something that's forced mm -hmm. and the way that I curate and produce these shows, it's very, it needs to be right. So we're looking to do an experience where it has a very COVID safe, where we have a smaller intimate audience for the people actually giving performances and speak talks and then stream it. But mm -hmm. we are looking for a facility that would enable to do this in a very safe and efficient manner. 
so that's kind of what we're doing and that's how it affected us. But in the meantime, what we've had to do is more some siloed things. So while EmpowerCon stays there, I had coordinated with another organization. We, through Zoom meetings presented, I, I created a six week creative writing empowerment course, which mm -hmm. is used to help foster children, women in homeless shelters and people who are in transition to find better life and better, uh, and, and it's just, it's really about trying to show them how creative writing is not just a, a creative writing. Like we use that to advocate for ourselves. We use that to, you know, if you have a dream to go into medical school, even if you're an orphan, I want to help you learn how to write that application with your creative writing, tell your story. Like a resume is your story, right? Everything that we do utilizes that. So, um, so we've been doing things like that in the back end uh, to support our community in, t in the meantime until we get EmpowerCon fully up and, and figured out. But definitely between now and the beginning of next year, we will have EmpowerCon again. It's not going away okay. and we're not letting it go. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so uh, tell me more about your, your podcast then and what's, what's that like? Oh yeah. Okay. So true story. When people used to ask me, are you ever going to do a podcast, Alia? I was like, no, because not at it, because I love it and I respect it. And I mean, it's work and anything I put myself to, you know, I want to have that bandwidth and I want to do it right. Yeah. So for a long time, I was like, yeah, it's not, it's not something I can take on my plate. I'm, I'm full. But then when I started after EmpowerCon, it was spurred from EmpowerCon. So kind of like everything that you do, and I love it. And I think that's why, you know, I was really excited to, to come on and have this conversation with you. You know, it's a series of, you know, just hope taking, it's the day of inspirational stories and conversations and backgrounds that you learn about people. And then I just said, yeah, let me continue that in podcast form for now. Because since we can't do EmpowerCon too, let's keep right. it going. And I'm in my fifth season. That's Unsugarcoated with Alia. And like you, it's just more of putting positivity into the world and helping others learn how to use what we got to do what we can. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, in some, and in many cases, more than we ever dreamed possible. You know, so the podcast is just, it's the thing that now, and I love it now because it's such a, uh, and yeah, truth be told, it is one of the best networking tools you can actually have. <laughs> like keeping it real, like people don't yeah. realize that, like to be able to go into a room, it gives you such, like when it's not about, because there's, yes, there's a lot of podcasters out there, but when we, you and people like I share the concept, like people really love that and people get in. Mm -hmm. So it gives you just this different dynamic when you're networking and when you're trying to develop support for an organization such as we are, we say like, yeah, come on, let's collaborate. Let's get on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So it's been really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's a, uh, it's a fantastic way to meet new people that I normally would have not have met, you know, otherwise. Um, yeah. Very much like our conversation today, which was fantastic. So where's the, um, you know, what's the future of unsugarcoated media in now in a, in a world post COVID like where, where are you focusing? Where's, you know, where are things going 2020 and beyond? Well, we are in a growth spurt right now, actually. We just brought on several uh, incredible staff members to grow our audience and grow our content. We are really moving in the direction of, uh, I mean, you know, look, we're, you're gonna see books put out by Unsugarcoated Media, but not just by myself. Like this yeah. is one thing, I'm part of it, I'm building the brand, I'm the, I'm the visionary behind it. However, it's not just about Alia, like this is about other artists and, and it's a community of us, right, that wanna, so I say, if you're part of the Unsugarcoated Community, you're just, you're a visionary, you're an artist, you're a creative who wants to make a difference in the world. And, or, you know, and, or anything really, but like, yeah, you definitely wanna, wanna make a difference or you want that healing that the people, that the, the things that we create are helping. 
uh, be a resource. So we want to be a resource for people and we will do that through books. We will do that through films. I'm actually, I was in the middle of executive producing a film. People don't know. So this is a little tiny tidbit. I don't like to say it because it sounds like I'm bragging, but I'm going to have to, my, <laughs> one of the advisory members of my um, nonprofit is my husband, Joseph Lenius. He is an amazing uh, attorney, uh, film attorney, entertainment attorney, and an executive producer. He just recently, uh, he's an executive producer on the upcoming Triple uh, X Vin Diesel film franchise. He's, he just got done. He had a film shut down during COVID starring Tiffany Haddish, Oscar Isaac, William Defoe, Martin Scorsese as part of that project. And he just continues to work and work. So I'm very blessed to have a network of some very high net worth individuals, high quality individuals and, and incredible uh, opportunities that I want to use for good. Right. Like, and so that's something that I just see us continuing to grow and gain. Like I said, we've gained the support of people who really, uh, I don't think so much that creating socially conscious media is as new as people would think, but I really want to hone in on that because I do, it's a call to all artists and creatives right now that we don't get to stand on the sidelines. Like mm -hmm. it's not about if you're trying to, I'm not about pushing an agenda, but I'm definitely about not staying quiet or being, um, more active in you know creating a better society for our environment and in speaking up you can't just be silent this is not that time and you know whatever we say we need it to be of quality and we need it to have solutions and strategies that actually help us not just empty complaints and you know things like that no that's not what i'm talking about i'm saying let let let's do let's let's get the the notepads did you ever do that thing back in the day where you put when you're creating a project and you had the sticky notes and you had a wall and you would put an idea oh yeah you know brainstorm <laughs> let's all brainstorm on some real things that are going to help us and i am very unsugarcoated in my my approach to that mm -hmm. some people like it some people don't but it's always rooted in a genuine interest to make us all better yeah, well, wonderful. I, so I'm curious in your own experiences, you have a very strong personality. How do you in your life have a, approached fear in different times that you've experienced you've come across and how do you push past fear? Your audience might not be ready for this story. Because <laughs> I have to tell you that Fear is an interesting conversation with me. And I have been told that I need to write a nonfiction book in, in line, in, in addition to my fiction books. But when I was 18 years old, um, or actually, let me back up. When I was a kid, I was taught very, I had a very conservative family. It was, mm -hmm. I was told as a child directly, you are seen and not heard. You, you are told, you know, it was that old school. Mm -hmm. And so much so that I remember my grandparents, um, we were not allowed to wake them up or make much noise in the house. And when I was five years old, my mother fell down the stairs in my grandparents' house. I was walking behind her. She was getting ready to take me to school. She fell. I watched her fall down. She's laying on the ground. She's like, go get grandma and grandpa, go wake them up. Cause we were at their house. And I walked to my grandparents' bedroom door. I stood there holding my hand up to the door and I could not bring myself to knock. I went back to my mom. I said, it'll be okay. I went out, grabbed my jacket and I walked to school. And I left my mother laying there on the ground because I was so afraid to wake up my grandparents that, that, you know, and, and that's the type of fear that I had that would grip me. So when I was 18 years old, this mm -hmm. is the funniest story. I took a car for a test drive and the guy gave him my idea. I was going to buy a car and, and years ago, I would have never told this story, but I have to now to be authentic. So I, he says, give me your ID. I give him my ID and he goes, Oh, take the car by yourself. And I'm like, by myself? 
he's like, yeah, go show your friends, go show your family. Well, I didn't, I didn't live exactly close to the dealership. So I take it, but I'm 18. I'm taking it to my friends. I'm taking it over here. And soon enough, he starts paging me with these very, it just tells you how long ago this was. He's yeah. like, if you don't show up, you know, he starts yelling. And what is my reaction, Yuri? Mm-hmm. I get scared. I, I'm like, I don't know what to do, but now I'm afraid if I take this car back, I'm going to get in trouble. Well, duh, <laughs> my brain clearly, my fear blocked me from realizing it's not like I was going to get away from this. So I just went home. Mm-hmm. I went home and I took the car home and I stayed there. And on the third day, the police showed up <laughs> to take little Alia to jail for Grand Theft Auto because my fear had allowed me to act so naively. Mm-hmm. And look, I paid, I dealt with that situation and it was a long time ago. And of course, afterwards, I'm like, if I had just taken the dang car back. So that's how I dealt with debt fear at 18 years old. Yeah. Now, when I deal with fear, it, it's still there. Every time I get up on a stage, even sometimes before I'm doing a podcast interview, it depends, you know, I get nervous and I get a little bit afraid, but that I've noticed that that fear keeps me on my toes mm-hmm. and I've just, I've learned to say the mantra to myself right now, my right now my mantra is Hamilton. I'm not throwing away my shot, and I allow the fear to be there, but I just don't allow it to dictate me. I don't allow it to take me back to that moment where I made the wrong decision and I allowed mm-hmm. the fear to make me do something I really didn't want to do. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's how I handle fear today. And I don't mean to tell your audience is probably like, who is this person <laughs> on your show? No, no. But like, look, listen, there's one thing I say, and I've said it before. I don't share my authenticity and the uglies and the beauty. I can't sit here and tell you all the wonderful. I want to tell you the wonderful things, but I got to tell you the real things too. So mm-hmm. then when people see me, they're like, okay, there goes a fighter. Yeah. That's what those, you know, that's what they're going to say. Okay. That chick, she's been through a lot, but you know what? Look at where she's at today. And that's what I admire. Yeah, wonderful. So with, with everything that you have done and experienced so far, what would you say has been the best advice that you ever received? So thankfully, I asked you before if I could curse. <laughs> the best, re- I'll give you context, but the best re- advice I've ever received was to get up off your ass and fight. And I say this to give you context. I was laying in a hospital bed. I didn't mm-hmm. have anything but a Wi-Fi. I was feeling very sorry for myself at this time. I was um, not having a good experience with my marriage. I was fighting a, a, a disease that I didn't know at that time. I was 99 pounds. I was in the hospital and I just had my, a new friend in the cancer community and I had my three kids and I was just in that. Why is this happening to me? Right? Like there's so it's, there's these times, why is it happening to me? And instead of really understanding that, you know, what I have now is things happen in life and, and it's always going to be a challenge, but I allowed that mentality to dictate it until I heard those words. She said, get up off your ass and fight for those three kids. Mm. And, and I'm not trying to be dramatic. It changed everything because suddenly I realized that was like, I feel that our, our warrior personality evolves over life. That piece of advice caused me to really say, I am a warrior and I need to fight. And I need to stop feeling sorry for myself. And it changed me at that moment. And I think because of that, it allowed my health to get better. It mm-hmm. allowed, you know, because you can fight, you can fight a disease, but when your mental health is, is it, it can impair it. It really is, it affects your journey. And it can make you sicker than you really are even because you're so consumed, you know, depression and things like that. They, they, they're real, they affect you as they did me. And so once I got, it helped me get stronger 
and then it really that's what led me down this journey to truly embrace all of who I am the good the bad the ugly and fight for a better life no matter what I come up against which I think we're all doing right now oh yes <laughs> definitely uh, Alia, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it and, and you telling your story. If the listeners would like to get a hold of you, you know, see what you're working on or, or even uh, join Sugar Coated Media, how can they best do all of that? Easiest way is www.unsugarcoatedmedia.com. All one word, go there. Um, to follow me personally and my goofy self, you can follow me on Instagram, Alia with two A's. That's A-A-L-I-A underscore unsugarcoated. And you'll find me. And I love to connect with everyone. I say friends, not followers. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. I'll put the links to everything in the show notes so they can also click right through. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. Of course, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again and have a great day.